Hi, everybody. Thanks so much for joining me again for another episode of the Women's Hair Loss Project podcast. I have a very special guest for you today. Her name is Diane Williamson, and she's a full-time voiceover talent professional for Fortune 500 companies, broadcast, and also phone systems. So, you know, when you like call in and you get that voice that's like telling you to press one, press two, and you're wanting to pull your hair out or your wig off in my case, um, that's her. And um, I'm super excited to have her with us today. She is a hair wearer and hair loss sufferer as well. So thanks so much for being here with us today, Diane. Thanks for having me. Uh, First of all, thank you for creating this this group, the social media, you know, it's, it's amazing. When I was going through my initial stages of dealing with hair loss um, in, in the 80s, I'll date myself there, um, it, we didn't have support groups like that. You know, we had wig shops and whatever. And, and maybe there were ladies who were dealing with um, hair loss related to chemotherapy, cancer, but, you know, alopecians weren't really, you know, a thing. Right. And I, I didn't know what that even was. So now, you know, fast forward a few years, and you've, we've got this amazing resource for, for women who are wherever they are in their path of dealing with hair loss. Because, you know, it is, it's definitely a, a kick in the gut. You know, it, it certainly can be, certainly initially. So thank you. I've been a big fan of yours since I found your, your Facebook group. And, and, you know, even though I'm, I'm a veteran hair wearer, um, honestly, I still can, uh, there's so many takeaways I can get from your group your insights and the insights of those who follow you. So thank you. Uh, it's I, I've known, the way I know, and if people don't know, the way I know Diane is through my Facebook page. And um, I don't know a tremendous amount about her journey. And I on purpose didn't ask her a bunch of questions ahead of time because I kind of wanted to learn about her with you guys. Um, I did learn a little bit. I know that, well, I know you've been following my page for quite some time. I mean, I, my site I started in 2007, um, the Facebook page I think I put up around 2009. I'm not sure how long you've been following, but I do know that you are always so supportive, liking, commenting, helping other women. And that's why when I was thinking of guests, like you were at the forefront of my mind because you have been so amazing to not just me and supportive of me, but so many other women out there. And I think you're an inspiration when I see you wearing hair, talking about it, and also being one of the people I feel like made it through. Like we made it through, right? We didn't die from our hair loss. You know, we had life after hair loss. We realized that you can wear a wig and, you know, it's okay. And it can be amazing, you know? So, um, that's how I, that's how I know you. And if people are wondering how I come and came across you. (laughs) (laughs) We found each other. It was just at the right time. And, and I, I think that it was probably maybe 2012 or something I might have stumbled across your, because you know how Facebook does. Oh, you I, know, if, yeah. If, if it talks to Google, and if you're Googling wigs, you know, then Facebook will show, you know, images of wigs on it, whatever. I, I think that's how I found you. Yeah. They matched us up. I, you know what it was? Yeah. It, that's that's the year for a lot of people that they, that 2012 is the year I started wearing wigs in May of 2012. So that's when, like, that's when all the hair wear, that's when I really came out with my face, which I did first with glasses, but when I wanted to put imagery out there of photos and videos, because I thought it was so important for other women to be able to see that you can be a young person living with hair loss and still living your life. Once I found this, you know, wig that, that has changed my life, I was like, other people have to know it's a legit option. So I want to know more also about like, what was your story like? What type of hair loss do you have? Um, alopecia, uh, universalis, um, but occasionally, <laughs> occasionally I'll have an eyelash grow in, 
you know, and I'm like, well, that's now you're in the way. You know, <laughs> but so, but so for people that don't know, for people that don't know, what exactly is alopecia universalis? That means that that my, my immune system attacks pretty much all hair activity. So um, that means no hair on my head, eyebrows, eyelashes, you know, anywhere else. And, and you know, so, and some people say, hey, maybe that's a good thing. You know, shave your legs. <laughs> And yeah, I mean, on on a level, if you look at it like that, it can be, you know, liberating. But, you know, as a female, and for me, not just doing, currently, this is what I do is voiceover work, but for 25 years, I had a career in radio and television broadcasting in Louisville. And I was on camera, I was on television. So I had to look, you know, I needed to have hair, and I needed to have eyebrows, and I needed to have eyelashes. So I was... I look back on it now, it wasn't this, I didn't have the same level of comfort or sense of humor about it then that I do now. Of course, it's but a process. It's like, you know, yeah, it is a process and you, you got to give yourself a break because, you know, don't, don't think that there were not times when I would, I knew I had to be on camera. I was going to be on television on the news that night delivering the entertainment report. But, you know, I was going to have to put a wig on and draw my eyebrows on and glue on my eyelashes like Mrs. Potato Head, you know. Oh <laughs> and, girl, I'll tell you, you know, you have it. I was, and I was in my 20s. And, you know, it, that was hard. It is, was that, really is that hard. when it started back, in the 20s? I was uh, my very first. I had a couple of little areata, you know, uh, little patches of, um, of alopecia in high school. And they grew back in. Um, but, it, but yeah, I started to have to actually wear full actual wigs because my hair just, it was like, it was almost like it happened. It started to fall out a little bit and I was able to do like sewn in hair extensions. Right. And this was the, an early version of that. But then the hair that it was sewn into would fall out. So finally, and I remember it like it was yesterday, it was um, May of 1988 and I was working for a radio station in Louisville. And it was Derby Week. And Derby Week is a big week. It's like Mardi Gras is to New Orleans, you know. And one of the big events that I had to cover as a radio personality at this TV station was a steamboat race on the Ohio River on this paddle wheeler. Oh, my and gosh. And it's going to be windy. Oh, my God. The first, thing I, the first thing I just had images of wigs blowing off. Yes. And this is before, I mean, I was a brand-new baby wig. I didn't know what I was. I, I went to the little wig salon on 4th Avenue in Louisville. You know, and, 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 you know, honestly, girls like me were not really wearing wigs. Girls now are wearing lashes and wigs and extensions, and it's no big deal. Yeah. But back then, they were not, and I didn't have a lot of resources. So I went into this little wig shop on 4th Avenue in Louisville, and I found this really cute red wig, and I had brown hair. I'm like, well, if I'm going to wear hair, I'm going to wear the hair that I want to wear. You know? <laughs> yes, you did what I did, by <laughs> the way. I didn't know anything about two yeah, right? You could, I mean, by, by the way, this hair that I have now is 100% upgrade from my bio hair, you know, every day. <laughs> so you but stepped up. I bought a wig. <laughs> I bought a wig. But, you know, they didn't say anything about toupee to tape or anything to keep it on. And it's not like these wigs were built for me, you know. They right. Were horrible synthetic wefted thing. But you know what? It did its job. It did not blow off. Thank God. And um, I was able to get through that day. That was the first day, and it would have been the Wednesday before Derby of 
1988. And from then on, I was pretty much wearing hair. And the hair got better Did, eventually. When going to work and being, I mean, that's very difficult, being in like the public eye or you know, in that manner. Um, so did you find that people at your workplace commented or had something to say? Were you open with them or was it like no. not discussed? I mean, what about your hairdresser? Well, the good news is my, uh, my hairdresser was also a family friend. Uh, my, my mother met her when she was pregnant with me. Um, and so she'd been our family hairdresser since, you know, pretty much since I was born. So she knew all about the alopecia as I was dealing with it. And um, ultimately, uh, just as a side story, she ended up working with the company from whom I buy all my hair now. Oh, she really? Oh. Yeah, that's kind of what got her introduced into the whole, you know, wigs and, and, and spare hair by, world. It was because me. of you? Yeah, pretty much. That's incredible. I mean, she had she had some experience with wigs anyway, and and she also herself had kind of thin hair, and so she had experimented with wigs. But a, a, a big part of the reason that that I that I wear folia now is because Carmen started working with folia, and she showed me one, and I'm like, oh goodness, that's that's a game changer. You oh know? my gosh, that's so but interesting. Carmen was I did our not know that. Hairdresser. I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I, I have seen her yeah. name online and stuff like that, and. Um, I and I know that she is a I don't know if they call it a rep or a rep for Philia, um, but I yeah. had no idea that she was a family a family friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seriously, mom met her when she was in beauty school. Mom was you know she had four children or three children, and I was on the way. Mom couldn't afford to get her hair done, is you know at a salon, so she went to the beauty school. She met Carmen there, and that's how we know each other. Oh, wow. So Carmen was with me for the entire journey of hair loss, and so I would buy a wig at the little wig shop on Fourth Avenue in Louisville, and then Carmen would kind of trim it and customize it for me, and she. You know, she knew what she was doing. Cutting wigs is not like cutting hair. No. Especially those old, cheap, wefted pieces that I was buying. I know. You you probably have so, to do something pretty special with that to, to make it, to really enhance it. I, oh, yeah. I mean, of course, they were all too big and they were all too... You, you learn as you go, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what I had in the budget when I was in my 20s and working in broadcasting. I, I couldn't afford, you know, to I couldn't afford to do what I'm doing now. But, yeah, that's um, – so my journey started <laughs> where I kind of just had to, and I had to just choose to not let it ruin my day every single day. And some days it ruined my day. Some days it some did days and some I'd days it didn't. And, uh, yeah, and, and some days I would call in and I wouldn't go to work. You know, and if you work in radio and you don't go to work, someone, someone's got to be on the air. <laughs> you know, someone's got to come in for you. Right. So it, yeah. it, did, impact, so, it did impact on some level your – your work because you weren't able to on certain days cope with what was happening. Correct. Yeah. And, and I think it impacted my social life because on some days when I had plans with friends, I didn't feel like putting on hair and I was so depressed about the whole concept of it. You know, you've got to deal with two things. You've got to deal with the concept of the fact that your hair has fallen out. And that's something that really identifies you as your particular individual human being. You, then you've got to deal with what you have to do to, to, to mask that. And, and I felt like such a fraud. I would, I would get con, I would constantly get compliments on my wigs because they were pretty good, even though they were, at that time, they were, you know, they were the best I could do. Mm-hmm. But I would get compliments on my wigs. And I'm like, I'm just lying to you people. <laughs> 
It's not a lie. It's not a. It's not a. It's not. This was. This was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. That's how I felt. Yeah, no, I get it. I want. I had wanted you to touch on the workplace thing because it's so many people are concerned, or if they're in that space that they're going to work and they're struggling with wearing hair for the first time or adjusting, and they don't realize that you know it's not like you know it's not just going to be a completely up. You know, you're just going to sail into it. You know, you're slaying it. I'm a wig wearer. This is awesome. Hey, everybody, I'm wearing a wig left and right. You know, high fives, fist bumps. It's not like that. Like you said, you went there. You did what you had to do, but the, you had a struggle. Some days were easier than others, but you still had, and some days you canceled, and some days you canceled out on life, and you canceled with your friends. But at the end of the day, you kept on with it, and you have reached a place that I believe, if to my understanding today, that you are no longer, in what, from what I can tell, encumbered by your hair wearing or your hair loss. Not one least little bit at all anymore, but... Don't think it didn't take me a minute to get there. Right. And, and, and everybody's in a different place. And, and, it, you know, I only really just came out on social media, uh, you know, just publicly about being a hair wearer maybe two years ago. Okay. Uh, but I'm glad I did because that actually was able to, that helped some other people who, were, who maybe knew it or thought about it. I've told people personally, but I didn't just, you know, hey, guess what? I'm an alopecian, you know? I didn't right. tell people you that. Were, you weren't wearing this, you didn't time. wear the shirt? No, I didn't, yeah. And I wasn't waving the flag, <laughs> you know? And I didn't, yeah, no. I wasn't waving the alopecia Wait, flag. Did you and, feel? And I'm not even sure that I am now. Did you feel? Um, did you feel you a know, little bit liberated though? From did you feel liberated when you did come out on social media and you told people? Did you feel like it felt better or? I did, um, and I think the reason that I felt better was because I had a couple people come to me afterwards and say, "You know, I'm dealing with it too," and it was. It put me in a position to help people, mm-hmm. and you understand how that feels. You're oh, in a position sure. to help people because you've been honest about what's going on with you, but, you know, you didn't need to do that until it was time for you to do that, and some people it never is. I don't judge anyone for not telling their alopecia story. That's correct. You know, everybody's in a different place. For me, it was the right thing to do at the right time, so I did it. That's correct. It has to be the, at the right time, if it's the right time, if you want to tell somebody. It's up to that person. I mean... The way that I've, once I started wearing wigs, it was a little bit, a little bit of a process, but eventually it just got to the point where the way that I was able to fully accept the whole situation in its totality was I am the oversharer. Like, I mean, to the point where it's a compliment on my hair, it's a compliment on the color from the waiter, and it's like, it's a wig. It's a compliment from, you know, somebody just standing there in a line at Starbucks. It's a wig. I mean, it's like, I just tell everybody and anybody, and then they don't believe me, and they're like, there is no way that's a wig. I, I'm like, feel it back here. You can feel where the grip is. Like, I mean, I went, I went to the other end of the extreme, but by doing that, <laughs> by doing that, I just found, I found it liberated me, and I found that nobody cared. Reactions from people was something that was surprisingly well, it went surprisingly well. People were like, oh my God, that's incredible. I can't believe that's a wig. There's no way. That's why I had to prove it to them. And um, even men, men didn't care, you know, when they'd be like, you know, that's a wig. Oh my God, that's cool. Like I never had, I had maybe one negative reaction in eight years of hair wearing. One. That's pretty good. And that's the thing that I would tell, I, I, I have been privileged to be in front of, even when I was in my 20s, as a brand-new baby hair wear, and a friend of mine owned a, uh, a wig shop. 
I ended up getting into the wig world and knowing people who, who were, were helping women with chemo, for instance, and mm-hmm. they wanted to wear hair while they were, you know, their hair was growing back. So I got to be friends with a woman who owned a wig shop, and she would put me in front of her clients sometimes who were my age with breast cancer mm. going through chemo. So it was, it was a real come to Jesus for me, because here I am, boo-boo-faced about the fact that I don't have hair, and I'm sitting in front of someone, counseling her on how to draw on eyebrows, and she's got breast cancer, having chemo, and she might not, who knows, if she's, I don't know, did she make it through? Yeah. I was in front of her for, you know, an hour one day. I don't know, I hope, but I got, I got a real wake-up call for me that, like, you know, if if this is as bad as it gets, you know, and and, I, and, it, and that was how I adjusted. It was a big part of how I adjusted. Now that didn't that didn't minimize the pain that I felt, and you know the occasional days where and frequent days actually for a while, where I just I just didn't want to cope with it. I was sick of it. I didn't think it was fair. Yeah, I was mad. But when you when you're in front of someone else and they're dealing with something worse than alopecia, because there are worse things than alopecia, it helps you, mm-hmm. and it helped me. So for anyone who's dealing with alopecia and you are in front of someone else who's losing their hair because of a, a chemo, you know, that's a real, that's a wake-up call. Oh, for sure. 100%. For me. So that helped, I mean, that was kind of, that helped, that was part of your journey in moving through it and coping with it, putting things into perspective for yourself, not diminishing the full totality of the impact that hair loss has on us. But for this was part of what helped you move through it, kind of accepting what, you know, it's hair loss, you wear a wig, and adjusting to it and being okay with it. It was, again, everyone says it. it is truly a journey. Um, and, and, you know, you, it's, it's one step at a time, you know, it's one day at a time. You know, and I would say to the women who are starting to wear hair for the first time, and I have said this to friends, the women that I've met uh, when they were struggling with hair loss, and I happened to hear about it and know about it, people at work aren't really paying that much attention. Mm-hmm. You think they are, but they are not, and you know this. They're, you're so self-conscious, and they're going to say, hey, did you get a haircut? I, I actually had this happen. I walked in with longer hair. Because I just changed my wig. I was like, I like this longer one. I'm going. Someone actually said to me at work, "Did you get a haircut?" I'm like, "Honey, it's three inches longer." Bless your heart. People are not paying that much attention. I had that same experience, by the way, with not just the changing of the length, but the changing of the color, and nobody saying anything. Like, hello, like it's it's blonde. I was brown, and it has grown five inches. Like. It's so funny. We all think that people are paying attention to us, and they really aren't. You know why? Because they're paying attention to themselves. That's why. We're all very self-centered in our society. We all are. We're paying attention to ourselves. We are on our selfies and our cell phones and all that. We do. We really think people are paying. They're not. Trust me. And actually, that should free you up from some of your angst around Mm -hmm. it, especially now. Everybody, people are paying for extensions. People are wearing wigs when they don't need to. You know, and so I, I just think that, you know, you have got to give yourself a break and not stress about what other people think. It takes a minute to get there. But once you're there, man, you're flying above the clouds. That's right. Once you get I mean, I always felt the place like for genetic hair loss and I have female pattern baldness. Um, you know, it's it's I do things to try to 
minimize the shedding and, you know, delay it as long as possible. But it's progressive and it's going. But I feel like when you have either alopecia, alopecia like yours, or you have genetic hair loss, you know, like, you know, alopecia, the alopecia I have, which is female pattern hair loss. I feel like the cure, the cure, if I can use that word, is actually acceptance. I've always felt that the cure for genetic hair loss is acceptance because it's not coming back. I mean, I, it, my hair loss, my hair is not coming back. It's not going to be what it was. It's just not. And I had to accept that. And so um, once I realized, like really got that through my head, then I was able to just kind of, you know, move on with my life, so to speak. I, and I feel like that, honestly, that's probably a recipe for pretty much any difficult thing that you're dealing with in life. And, uh, you know, it could be anything from a breakup to, you know, right now, <laughs> I did it backwards. I, uh, I got alopecia and lost my hair, and then I got breast cancer. And I'm <laughs> like, well... You know, at least I don't have to worry about losing my hair. Right, you got, you, I mean, you told me about that. Yeah. I mean, you, yeah, know, you, you got but, that part covered. A lot of women are, you know, yeah, that are dealing with that. I got that's, that covered, you, you know. You know, that women that's, that have written me, that have actually written me, and this is like, so this, this actually speaks to how devastating hair loss is. They were diagnosed with cancer. We're going to go through chemo and very different kinds of cancer. Serious, like, I mean, it's all cancer serious, but like, this is a serious thing. And they're concerned to me was their hair loss. They were more scared of the hair loss than the cancer. That's 100% true. In many, many cases of the women that I've spoken to from back when I was in my 20s, initially dealing with hair loss, these, you know, these ladies are facing a, a very life-threatening disease, mm-hmm. and they're concerned about their hair loss. But it really does speak to how important, how you identify your hair with, you know, your, your individual style, with your femininity in some cases, you know, hair's a big deal, hair's even for men. Even oh, for yeah, men. for sure, 100%. So I mean, not to minim- I'm not trying to minimize it. It's just that I've, you know, I'm like an expert on it, it seems, anymore. And I'm so glad I was able to, through social media, come out and tell the story. And I'm so glad for platforms like yours that you created that allow women and men to tell the story. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, this condition is no fun, but it's not everything. Yeah. There's so much more about life. You can enjoy so many more things. And now with the technology that we have available to us, you know, with, with, the wigs that we can wear. I even hate the word wigs. I always say spare hair. <laughs> people use people use alternate alternative hair. <laughs> yeah. Yes, anything but wigs. What it's is a, it about that word? It's, it's just really an ugly word. I'm a person who speaks for a living for Pete's sake. It's really um it's really an extension that actually just encapsulates my entire scalp. <laughs> that's good too mm, I like that if, if only we could get the insurance company to pay for that because we used to do I, I would put it in as hair prostheses you know mm-hmm. prosthesis that that's, I that's an even that, like, by the way no, that's an even sexier word yeah that's a prosthetic advice no they, they, and, and trust me Blue Cross Blue Shield doesn't care they're okay. saying no <laughs> so I heard that so what fine. so that's fine you have so I mean so you've gone through this whole thing you I mean starting with your wig not flying off on that first outing that you had 
Um, and this, oh, thank goodness. <laughs> thank goodness. And this process that you've gone through and reaching this place of acceptance. And what would you tell or what advice would you give to somebody that's, you know, looking at my site, listening to this podcast or watching the video and they are finding out right now that they're dealing with hair loss and they and it's, you know, first there's that whole trying to treat it. But if they can't treat it and they want to look to, to wigs and they feel like they're not going to be able to accept it, and they're, they're in that place, what kind of advice would you give this woman that's showing up today? I think the first thing that I would say to her is, bravo for finding, if you can, a support group. And, you know, there were support groups available for me. There was the Alopecia Society, and they had groups that would meet in Louisville. I didn't go that route. I kind of did it on my own. But now with social media... There's so many more better, easier opportunities for people to share stories and tips and hints than here's, here's what not to do and here's what to do. So I think the very first thing I would say to someone who's dealing with hair loss is find a, an alopecia buddy, find a hair loss buddy, find someone. that. And there's plenty of opportunities to do that now that mm-hmm. were not available for me. Find someone to talk to about it that's been down the road, somebody like me, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm more than happy to help share my experiences and advice. You know, it's just, I started playing golf three years ago. And I would talk to every person that I knew about, you know, golf and clubs and what kind of, and how to, not everybody's an expert on that. But if you're, if you're, if you're a hair wearer, you're, you're going to be able to help another hair wearer, wearer more than, you know, someone that's been playing golf for 20 years could help me. You know, right? Because I've actually, because because this is a physical thing. I can point you to better manufacturers. Um, I can say here's the benefits of synthetic versus human hair. I wore synthetics exclusively for goodness, uh, probably until about 2000. I think I bought my first really nice piece in maybe 2014. I mean, I really was. I was buying them out of catalogs and online, um, and I would always get compliments. The synthetics are excellent in rainy days like we're having here in Louisville, Kentucky, because they look great all the time. But don't go play golf in that thing because you're going to be dying, right? (laughs) (laughs) Especially if you're going to put a cap on. You don't want to do that. You know, it's miserable. And, but if you are going to wear a synthetic out in the sun, I can help you with that, too, because they, they make liners now that wick the sweat off of your scalp if you're an alopecia like I am. Now, if you have bio hair, you know, like you do, mm-hmm. you do a beautiful job of working your own hair into your, your spare hair. You do a beautiful job of that. Thank I wish you. I did. Thank I don't you. have – I can't do it. I, I don't have anything. <laughs> so I've got I've, I've to hope that the hair that I buy has an excellent hairline if I'm not wearing bangs. Yeah. But there's so many things I could say. You know, do you tape it on and what's a good wig grip? I've been through all of that from every kind. I've worn short, long, dark, light. I went through a thing for a minute where I was wearing these darling little white hair pieces because my mother's hair turned white when she was about my age now. And I'm like, yep. It works. You have so you have you a know. lot of you have a lot of experience with that topic that I don't, which is actually the synthetics as opposed to like the real the you know the human hair wigs. And I would for sure love to have you on another time to have like we could have a whole talk about that in itself because a lot of women are looking for op, you know different wig wearing options of all different you know different things. Sometimes you know they can't 
they don't want to wear real hair. They want to wear synthetic. Or maybe it's a they don't want to spend as much for a certain piece and they need to spend less. And I would love for women to know that there are so many options out there available. It's not just the wig I wear. You know, I'm not like they don't have to wear the wig I wear. There are so many things out there available to them and they shouldn't be limited by thinking it has to just be one thing. They should keep like keep their keep their options open, keep have an open mind. Yes, it doesn't. It doesn't have to be the $6,000 European human hair, cuticle intact, hand-tied. It doesn't have to be that. Because it wasn't that for me forever. And then just until recently, I started wearing pieces like that. But you should know, when I'm riding my motorcycle, I am not wearing my folia. Right. Because why would I? I bought bought this crazy, from I think it was wigs.com or someplace, I can't remember. I found this really great... um, purple, like, lavender thing, and I put a little, like, band-aid, and I'm on the motorcycle with this purple hair trailing behind me, and it's synthetic. I think it cost 50 bucks. Right, and, that, and that, that's awesome. See, tips and tricks like that are great things that I actually don't actually have experience with, because when I, well, I had a very short stint of trying, well, of in 2012, trying a bunch of different things. And then over the years, I had tried some synthetics with no success, and then I'd give up on it. So, but I don't have the experience of actually wearing synthetic hair or wearing many of the different brands that are out there and all the tips and tricks that would be associated with that or using that for the gym or using that for the motorcycle or any of that that you have. So for sure on another uh, podcast, I'm definitely going to have to have you on to discuss all that because women want to know that stuff and I don't know it. (laughs) Girlfriend, I will hook you up. I was in uh, Cabo last year at about this time and I found a hairpiece that was essentially meant for ball caps. And so, so it was essentially like a ring of hair, and then you just put your baseball cap on top of it or your beach hat or whatever. So you've got this hair hanging down, and it's darling, but you don't have it on the top of your head, so you're not, you know, miserable and dying in the heat. So there's all kinds of options out there, but it really all comes down to what you're comfortable. Mm-hmm. How do you feel when you're – you have to feel good about you. Yeah. And, 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 and honestly, losing your hair as a woman – is uh, that's a kick that's a kick in the gut so you have to, you have to decide that that you're not going to let it turn you into you know someone who's just calling out and making and canceling plans and and I and I can say that cuz I was that girl I was there too was one, yeah I was one, too yeah cancel there was one day true story I had a I was scheduled to shoot a television commercial in Louisville, and I was the on-camera person, and I was supposed to shoot the commercial at whatever the business was, and they'd hired me to do it. And girlfriend, that day, I was not having it. I wasn't feeling it. I didn't, and I, I called, I canceled it. I lost the business. Mm. I caused problems for other people. And I, I actually kind of like, essentially, like, crawled under the cushions of my sofa, <laughs> really, for, essentially for all, just to hide from the world to hide from that. And I remember that day as one of the lowest days that I've ever had dealing with hair loss. And every day that's not that is a good day. I completely, I completely relate uh, because I lost, I write this all the time, but I mean, I started losing my hair at 21 and in 1999 and I lost, I can seriously say that although I was going through the actions of forcing myself to do certain things in life, um, I literally lost all of my 20s and half of my 30s to hair loss because I was depressed. I was devastated. 
the people in my life that were around me, they didn't know what was going on. I didn't discuss my hair loss. Um, and it was, I even, I used to um, actually compete in figure competitions and I actually quit doing that because I could no longer deal with being in the gym, looking at my hair so thin, the sweat showing all the spots and then having to compete and go on stage where you're supposed to have all this glam hair. And I had cut mine to above my shoulders and I just wasn't feeling good about myself. So I actually quit the sport that I was actually partaking in because of my hair loss. And that was in 2007. I think I did my last show in 2007. And then I started the Women's Hair Loss Project in August of 2007 because I had hit rock bottom. I was convinced that there was no life left for me. And that's an easy place to go. If you're dealing with it by yourself, and honestly, even if you have friends or someone else dealing with it that you can talk to, it's a natural, it's a very natural response to a very devastating condition that my mom once said to me, she reminds me of this occasionally, mom said to me, she's like, Diane, I'm just really glad that this is not a life-threatening, you know, this is not a life-threatening disease. And I looked at her and I said, Mom, you don't know that. Oh, yes, you don't know that. I have been suicidal over it. Many people, many I have. people have. I've, I mean, I was, I was making deals with God to swap kidneys and organ parts. If I could just get my hair back, I would do anything. I mean, anything, like take all my teeth. They got veneers, you know. I was like swapping a breast. I was like, they can, okay, if I can't get one back, well, I'll just leave it off. But like, I was swapping anything to get my hair back it just i was reaching that dark dark place of just not being able to breathe anymore not being able to go out in the world anymore my social anxiety hit such a high that i would go to the grocery store at 6 a.m when they opened i take the, the cart i'd run around the store like i was in some shopping spree get out of there before anybody got in and go back home to my couch because i could not be seen by the world anymore the first time i found you on Facebook with your group, you really touched my heart because of, you know, you were, you were so raw in your, the way you told your story. I remember seeing you in a gym and you had a, like a, like a, a, a sweater, a cap on. Mm -hmm. You had a, you know, like not a hoodie, but you, I think actually you might've had a hoodie, but you had like a, you know, a toboggan cap on or mm -hmm. And 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 I and I, you caught me and I and I listened to what you had to say about it and you were talking about going to the gym you know so obviously fitness is a big part of your life yeah. but you know that that whole aspect of what you did what you were doing you know it was all very focused on the aesthetic mm -hmm. what I was doing also very focused on the aesthetic yeah. you know uh, being on television and even being on radio you know you do make public appearances. So being in that kind of a world where your aesthetic is a part of your value as a human being, at least you think it is, mm -hmm. and then having your hair fall out, your hair betrays you. And then you've got to decide, well, you know, who am I? What am I worth? You know, what can I do? These are all questions that you ask yourself just because your hair fell out. Yeah. And when I say just because your hair fell out, I know how devastating it is. And I don't, I don't want, and that's why I'm out there all the time. And that's why I, you know, I put, I put videos, I put pictures, I've done photo shoots to, you know, to show women how great hair wearing can be. And I mean, I've done all of this for one reason only. It's because I don't want women to 
to ever have to live the the path or I don't want to say the life, but the go down the path that I did in that deep darkness. And I'm actually getting chills when I tell this because it was just so dark. There was there was zero light, zero hope. I, I thought that death was imminent. And so for someone like me who really felt I could never wear hair ever in my life, who really felt I could never deal with my hair loss to get to the place of accepting, basically cutting all my hair off where I buzz it in the back, keep it longer in the front, wearing wigs, being outwardly wearing wigs, telling the world I wear wigs, to get to the place from being where I was to getting here. If I can do this, if it's possible for me, and my hair was literally the only thing I ever got a compliment on in my life, if I could get here, then I truly believe that anybody else can. And that's why I constantly put myself out there because I know somebody, even if it's just one person that's watching, that needs to see that. They need that hope, you know? And that's why I wanted to have you on because just like me, you are that hope too. And back to your, 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 your story it may not be exactly like someone else's story, but there's a piece of it that they can hold on to, and, and um, you know, it's, listen, it's, it's no cakewalk. Losing your hair is no cakewalk. It's, it's, it's really tough. And, um, you know, for I really didn't talk about it. You know, I tried not to talk about it, you know. I just, I coped. And um, to be able to talk about it now and also to be able to feel like myself, like I'm not a fraud, like I'm not a liar, you know, presenting this quote-unquote image out there to people that is just a lie. Like when I get home and I take off my hair and I uh, peel my eyelashes off, and you know, I do have my brows tattooed on. I really like that microblading thing. That's, <laughs> that's cool. But, you know, and, and, you know, even in relationships, you know, you feel like you meet someone and they are attracted to you and drawn to you, you know, partly because of your physical attributes and your hair is one, especially now my hair is a big part of what I look like, right. you know, because I'm wearing some crazy hair right now. Um, and then you feel like, you know, how do I tell this person? You know, that's a, that's another topic. That's for another, another that's a totally another topic. And I feel like I seriously probably, I'm going to, I'm going to let you go because I know that I could sit here and talk about all kinds of things. I can be like synthetic, you know, versus human hair, you know, relationships and dating. And I mean, the conversations that I could have are going to go on and on and on. So I, I want. I'm I don't available want, for that. <laughs> I'm available for that. So I, I know. I really that, am. I know that um, that if I don't make myself shut up, I'll just keep you on the phone forever. So <laughs> I'm going to wind this down by just thanking you for being such a support to me. I like literally see your name come up all the time. When I've asked for people to chime in for other women, you're a front and center, really putting thought into those answers. You've helped so many people through through my Facebook page and probably in your own life for sure. And so I just want to thank you for being here with me and sharing your your story because I know that it's going to help other women. I know that it is. So I feel so grateful that you were here with us. I feel grateful that you, that you thought to ask me. I'm grateful that you started the Women's Hair Loss Prod project. I think it's beautiful that you're doing this podcast and you know, girl, you don't know where this is going to go. It, it, it's going to be good though. I feel it. So <laughs> thank I'm, you. I'm proud to be a part of it. I'm, a, I'm excited. I'm excited. And uh, thank you so much. So I will look forward to talking to you again and I will see you on online. Girlfriend, you've got my number.
Thank you so much for listening to the Women's Hair Loss Project podcast. You can visit me online at www.womenshairlossproject.com. You can also find me on Instagram at WHLP Network. Please feel free to send me your show topics, ideas, and suggestions. I really look forward to hearing from you.